Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's Natalia and welcome back to Unfiltered Fashion Talks. Today I'm joined by another guest. We have Ruby with us. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm so good. I'm so excited. I'm like still so excited just to just be in a studio. I like, know. This is so new it's and fun. real fancy. It's real early for these bright, bright lights. I know. Also on like <laughs> such a dreary day. It's kind of nice and but... warm in here. It is. It's nice and cozy, but I'm so excited to have you and talk Thanks all things Rudy. Yeah. I was so scared I was going to mix those two up and be like, I know. Rudy with Ruby. And I'm I like, know. Oof. I uh, <laughs> made my life really complicated and made it hard for people, but yeah. it's, it is a little bit of a nice way to tell, like when people reach out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so my name is Ruby and my brand is called Rudy. And mm-hmm. you can tell if people like really know who you are or really want to work with you depending on yes. which one they call me when they email me you very I mean? true oh yeah i get so many natalie's and i'm like yes. you definitely did not do your research You're like, the name is right there yeah, i'm like immediate delete yeah <laughs> like yeah. nope it's <laughs> <laughs> kind of bad but also i get it i get it yeah you gotta filter him somehow <laughs> exactly um but yeah so you have your brand rudy do you want to give us like a little background yeah, on that sure um so rudy is a very small clothing brand that i run by myself um, it's easy to throw on everyday statement pieces inspired by the history of counterculture. Um, and I've had it since I started in the fall of 2021 oh, wow. and it's been my full-time job since March of 2022. That's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wait, how did that, how, how did, did that start? come to be? Yeah. Um, so uh, so I worked in TV for the first five years of my career before mm-hmm. I worked in fashion. Um, and I've never worked in fashion proper other than just for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me think. How does this start? Okay. So um, <laughs> I've always had like old lady hobbies. I love to bake and to sew and Same. to do all that kind <laughs> of stuff. And um, I was definitely like a pandemic hobbyist. Like I tried every single hobby and I was doing mostly sewing of like household goods, pillows and Mm -hmm. curtains and stuff like that. And then I started making clothes um, just for myself. And then as a perfectionist, I started making the same thing over and over and over because I wanted to get it right. And then I very tentatively posted on my Instagram like, hey, I've been making these things and it's getting kind of expensive to pay for fabric and mm. my closet is really full. Would anyone want to like buy these question mark? It's okay if not though. <laughs> yeah. And the response was pretty positive. And so I was like, okay, I've got, I think I started with like 15 pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, wouldn't it be fun if I had some friends come over and I'll pay them in pizza and have them model. Yes. And it'll just be like a party, but they'll like look cute and get some cute pictures for their hinge profiles along the way. <laughs> and um, so I did that and I set up a little website and I like launched it and it sold out on the first weekend. It wasn't that many pieces. Wow. It really wasn't. But still. Yeah. And I was lot. pricing them really low because yeah. eh, I, we I all didn't know. And a couple of the orders were from people that I didn't know. And I was wow. like, how did that even happen? But it was like a friend of a friend yeah. or something like that. And because it was early November, um, Thanksgiving was a couple weeks later. And mm. I think that the pieces I was making at that time and now 
uh, were very like good for like a friend's giving yeah vibe, you know um so i started to get pictures of people wearing my stuff on thanksgiving That's or friendsgiving and it was just the most validate it it felt so fucking good sorry can I yes curse? yes you can okay. <laughs> it felt so fucking good to just see people and they're beaming and they're wearing it on a special day you know when someone yes. wears something you make on like their birthday right it's so special right or their anniversary you're like wow you really like stood in front of your whole closet yeah. and picked that to make you feel like your best self um and my experience working in tv before that was it was really hard to get feedback because I mean, we could talk. I don't know how yeah. interesting that part is. To Honestly, I'm Loki kind of interested in that. Yeah, sure. So feel free. So, um, well, okay. So I worked with like TV development, which okay. is like everything from when a writer has an idea mm -hmm. for a TV show up until the point when we're pitching and selling to a network. And then beyond that, mm -hmm. staffing up a writer's room, working on season deals, things like that. Okay. Um, and that world is really hard to get things made. So we mm -hmm. could have what we would call like a development slate, basically like a roster of 30 to 40 projects at any time. Mm -hmm. You would be lucky to have five of them ready to pitch. Maybe you sell two. Wow. And then maybe one of them gets a pilot episode. Mm -hmm. And then that will probably be killed. So like, dang, it is so much work for very little um like fruition yeah do you know what i mean yeah. and therefore feedback so and that's you know i've got lots of thoughts about the hollywood system in general well, yeah. and the tv <laughs> system in general but um it was the first time that i had done something like i had made a project i had put i don't know if at that point it was like my heart and soul but i had worked hard on it and then i sent it out and i got immediate feedback and validation right wow. people saying i like this yeah. or you know, closer friends being like, this was really fun. I noticed at the end of the night, I felt kind of tight in this part. And I was like, okay, good to know. And now I can mm -hmm. move forward and make it a little different. So that's why the like, I just had never had like a direct to customer experience before. Yeah, it had always changing. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. And, and it had always been just me like hammering and hammering on the door of the people with the money, trying to get the money to make the thing. There's so many gatekeepers in Hollywood that like have the money it's not like, I mean, unless you make a podcast or a YouTube right. channel, you can't have your stuff shown to the world without the permission of the people with the platform. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that that's why I started and that's how I started. And then TikTok became sort of like the great equalizer, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seems like the common trend for like everybody I've had on. Like, yeah. Oh, TikTok. But like same. So I get it. TikTok is the worst place in the world. And it is. it's the best place in the world. Yes. <laughs> Simultaneously best and worst, depending on uh, how well your things are going on there. Yeah. 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 Comes in ebbs and flows. But mm -hmm. but overall, it is a good platform. Because I found you on that platform. Yeah. I think I found you a couple months ago. Yeah. I think you, you and I have followed each other for a while. For, yeah, and it's kind of funny to have like a two-sided parasocial relationship. Do you know yes, I, mean? I know exactly. I have that with so many people Same. and it's like the funniest thing because then I'll reach out. I'm like, hey, like I know like, you oh know God, who hey. I am, but like, this is weird. We're friends, but we've never seen each other. Yeah, before. but I'm like, I know a lot about you because yeah. I see everything you uh -huh. do in not a weird way, but. <laughs> I also think you and I are potentially like chronic oversharers on the internet, which is Absolutely. important to do. Yes. In my opinion. <laughs> um, 
and is potentially the only reason why like people stick around and come back exactly um, because they want that like vulnerability and that yeah clearness um but yeah yeah, no, I think that's literally what attracted me to you. Because obviously I see a lot of fashion on my, like, for you page mm -hmm. all the time. I'm like, I get tired of just seeing sewing videos. I'm like, I want people to talk about it. Right. I want to hear your struggles. I want to, like, know what's going on. Because half the time I'm like, am I the only one who's, like, not getting orders and just, like, dying yeah, right now? you're not the only one. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I, I think that's why I sort of started talking about the business part, too. Because yeah. in my mind, I don't know what I'm talking about. No, me neither. Like, <laughs> I don't know and it it feels weird to stand up and almost pretend to have an expertise. I didn't go to yeah. fashion school. You know a lot more terms than I did. Yeah, but I still feel like I don't know that. Like right. I only got an associate's degree, so I didn't even get like a full bachelor's. <laughs> so I'm like and like That's half of a like, lot more than a well, lot yeah. of people. <laughs> but like half of my last semester was COVID. So it's like yeah. I was really there for a year and a half. What was that like? Were you still doing projects? But yeah, it was home? rough. I mean, at that point, we already had like what would be our set projects for that semester like started or at least like talked oh, about because gotcha. like that last semester was like mostly just like one big project for each class yeah yeah like a like a thesis yeah kind of that mm. vibe um so it's like we knew what we had to do and luckily i had already gotten all my supplies for it but then i had to like go so i was in new york at the time and i had to go back to indiana because that's where my mm. parents were and just like literally brought my sewing machine on my carry-on i don't even know if that was legal but i was like well i need I've it, done it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm like well try to like look it up on the airline websites i'm like has anybody ever looked this is up? this a weapon yeah i'm like is this like okay because it's like a big electronic yeah but it turns out it is okay yeah um but yeah i ended up having to just like do it all from home which was like fine but like you just can't get like good feedback no because it's like i don't have a professor to like look at my seams and be like is this actually mm -hmm. legitimately good or not mm -hmm. like it just i could easily photoshop something and you also, know what I mean? so much is about fashion design it's so tactile it's feeling exactly. the stretch of the fabric and yeah feeling how it flows and if you can't if you don't have access to people to like try it on or whatever exactly i can only imagine that's yeah it was a rough time and like I used the like, the school mannequin to like drape my original like stuff and it was a little, slightly bigger than like what I actually had at home and like mm. so I'm, like when I like put it on to, to like take pictures to then submit it was like big on me. Yeah. But I'm like, well, I'm not going to redo all my patterns again. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can only imagine that's so crazy. Yeah. Um, but you know, you made it through. Exactly. Now we're here. So, <laughs> you know, it's fine. Yeah. But but yeah, that was just a whole different time. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I mean, I I think that the the pandemic. I mean, I've always loved fashion. Mm -hmm. I have always loved getting dressed and dressing up. Yeah. And um, I was definitely a kid that like watched Project Runway religiously oh, and too. had my little sketchbook and would draw along with the with <laughs> <Yes>. the <laughs> challenges. And my parents would be like, "Okay, <laughs> that's a little <laughs> crazy." Um, and I always wanted to do like the unconventional materials challenge. Yes. Oh know, my god. The straws. Yeah. All the things. Yeah, I love that shit. Um, and then <laughs> I got into working in TV, and I think my biggest goal in that was to be taken seriously. Like I felt mm. like. I was seen, I was always the youngest person in the room I and <laughs> I just wanted, I didn't want to be seen as like, you know, yeah, like I didn't take myself seriously. Yeah. And so that to me meant not showing my body, wearing mostly black. And mm -hmm. it was also 
I was definitely leaning into the whole girl bossery epidemic of <laughs> yeah. the more busy you are, the more social cachet you have. Yep. Um, and so part of my vibe in general at the time was just like, I don't even care what I look like. I am working very hard. I'm working harder than everybody I know. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the only way I'm going to get to what I want. Because Hollywood is like, it's there's a lot of people that want to make that their job. Yeah. I wanted to be a showrunner, like a writer producer, mm -hmm. um, which sort of now I am the showrunner of Rudy True. now, um, which is interesting to see how some of those skills, you know, when I left TV, I, I felt like, am, am I making a huge mistake? Mm -hmm. I went to film school. I paid so much money yeah. to do that. And like, I am actually using more of those skills now mm -hmm. than I was working as an assistant. Wow. You know, things like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously with TikTok, I'm like there with my tripod and my I like, mean, yeah, you're like storytelling on there in like a very small format, yeah, but like very much so. I'm trying to, yeah. yeah. And um so so yeah, so I I wasn't really exp spending any creative energy on my personal style yeah. um until lockdown started and then like I only went to Trader Joe's once every two weeks and it was the opportunity <laughs> to put a full outfit on, yep. you know. And also the stakes were so low because you know, when you try to wear something to an office and everyone's mm -hmm. like, oh, hey, haircut. And right. you're like, just let me experiment. <laughs> Why does it have to be a whole thing? Yep. Um, but the stakes were so low to go to the grocery store. I've got my sunglasses and my mask and my hat. No yep. one knows it's me, but I can wear whatever the hell I want. Yep. I started auditing classes at like a Scottish university on the history of Highland culture. And I was like collecting kilts and learning about all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And and then I started dating someone that works in the fashion industry mm -hmm. and he's working fashion his whole life. And I just had never known someone that worked. I just didn't know what that industry meant. Yeah. I was like, I don't know that much about designers. You I know. don't either, honestly. Right. That's what yeah. I, most people don't that work in this business, especially exactly. the people that do what you and I do. Yeah. But from the outside, it looks like you do. Oh, yeah. I'm like, sure. do I have to identify Christopher Kane 2010? Like, no, you know cannot. what I mean? Yeah, I'm, like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm not able to do that. No. Um, and and so I, honestly, when he and I first started dating, mm -hmm. I was like, this is fun. But I don't think I could ever seriously date someone that works in fashion because I don't want to have to worry about having an outfit on all the time. <laughs> like I could do a couple of dates, but like, yeah. do I really have to look like that on a Sunday morning? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes. And it wasn't until he and I like really started to talk about that, that he was like, no, you you got great style. And mm -hmm. he taught me that style is not luxury, right? Yeah. It's like, it's an eye for combination. It's an eye for like textural differences and mm -hmm. shapes and silhouettes. And yeah, so that's really what kind of boosted my confidence to be able to just like go for it. Yeah, I think also everybody assumes people in fashion are always dressed up, but like nobody dresses up that often. Like I barely do unless I'm out and about. Right, yeah. But like even at that, I'm not like going all out all the time. No, no, no. I have enjoyed sort of picking more fun like comfortable at home pieces yes. that are still a little funky yeah and my partner nico who's been a fashion guy for freaking ever he is less concerned about what luxury items anyone has but he'll mm -hmm. see someone on the street he'll he loves what an old man is wearing and he's <laughs> like look at the single stitch on that guy's t-shirt and i'm like what and he's like that t-shirt was made before 1970 you can yep, tell because it's been whatever <laughs> and i'm like all right <laughs> i like recently learned that on tiktok yeah. i don't know how i came across that but i saw somebody be like if you ever see like single stitch that uh -huh. means it's vintage uh -huh. and i'm like 
I would have never known. It's so random. Yeah. um, One time I came home and he was watching Mad Men. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, how's this episode going? He's like, it's good, but the undershirts are not historically accurate. (laughs) You're relentless. That is so funny. Yeah. But I was learning that, like, in a love of clothes and a love of style um, and in some ways craftsmanship Mm -hmm. and creativity is a very different thing from um collecting designer goods yes very yeah. much so because none of us can afford that mm-hmm. usually mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah i also learned so much i mean so this is kind of going back to what we were saying about mm. just talking about what the reality of running a small business is like yeah um like i said i don't feel like an expert to be able to share um what i've done in in any way that is aimed at teaching but mm-hmm. all i can do is share and i like to talk very specific monetary yes. numbers yeah. i like to talk timelines i like to talk about actual numbers of sales mm-hmm. um and then also just relaying information that i'm learning in real time and right. unlearning in real time right so like i only learned rather recently that most designer labels they are losing money on their fashion shows. Like those couture, yeah. whatever, they're not really making, I thought that was like a sales pitch. Yeah, but then if you think about it, it's like, who's buying yeah, it, Yeah, right? exactly. And and um, they're really making most of their money off of bags, perfumes. Yeah, all the random socks. small goods. Yeah, yeah, which are probably made separately. It's not in their like yeah. house atelier exactly do you know what i mean so there is this like shattering of the illusion of what it's like to be a fashion designer which is something that i was right afraid to call myself for a very long time me too (laughs) you really are but like i still am like like when people ask me what i do and i say fashion designer i'm like whoa that sounds so pretentious i'm like i'm not that kind of fashion designer i just sit at home in my like pjs all day and so i had to get there in stages for a while i said apparel designer because that felt like lower stakes yeah. than, than fashion yep. <laughs> but it is it but is it is true it is. it is what it is we gotta embrace it i know yeah half the time i used to just be like oh yeah i make clothes for a living yeah that sounded more like subtle right but that would be like if you were a pop star and you're like yeah i sing songs <laughs> yeah i know but yeah yeah no i get it i don't know why all of us are so scared of that because i feel like a lot of people i've talked to have also said that it's imposter syndrome it really is it's also i think really common for women to be like yeah don't you know yeah you know you want to be humble it's like when somebody compliments you on something you're wearing and you're like oh my god this i found this in the trash it's nothing like what are you talking about (laughs) um i feel like i've had to work on just like being proud of myself yeah and like i definitely feel very emotional about negative things that happen in my life but Mm. i don't get emotional about positive things Mm. i just feel like that worked that's how it was supposed to be on to the next thing yeah and i'm trying to actively learn how to like sit in the emotion of feeling good about having done something yeah whether that's through like being like i did it i'm gonna stop for the day and go get myself a eight dollar latte you know what i mean a little honey lavender literally Um, but just like celebrating and because we work so fucking hard and, yeah. and what we do is fun and amazing and creative and tactile and community building. But mm-hmm. It's also quite stressful. Yeah. And if we're not allowing ourselves to enjoy it, what is the freaking point? Exactly. You know what I mean? No, definitely. 
yeah, I feel like for the first couple of years that I was doing it, I was just so like head down, mm-hmm. sewing, mm-hmm. didn't go out on weekends, didn't do anything yeah. other than just sew. Which was a lot because I was living by myself too. So I'm like, this was just a lot. Yeah. So I'm like, now I'm like learning to like, oh, I can take weekends off. Like mm-hmm. every other normal person does at their job. And you have to yeah. in order to not burn out. Exactly. I'm like, I used to feel so guilty because I'm like, well, I have the free time. I should be doing something. No. I'm like, no, this is a job. It's not like my entire life yeah. either. You know. A big a big goal of mine for this upcoming year is to like work smarter, not harder. Yes. Um, because i've never run a business before there's a lot of things that i don't know yeah like um but do you have an email list yes but do i ever send emails <laughs> so <No. laughs> that's that's part of it i yep. have an email list as well i don't i don't send emails that much but i yeah. have automated a couple flows which okay. yeah has been really helpful for me i use clavio some people use mailchimp as like yeah, a i've used mailchimp system yeah. yeah um it it basically like you it automatically puts people in these different subsets of people that have bought one time, people mm-hmm. that browse often but don't buy, Ooh. people that um, bought a couple times last year but haven't bought this year, and then it automates these flows of like, hey, haven't seen you in a while, right. and then like uh, I'll say like when someone first signs up, they like get a welcome email, yeah. they get a discount code, and then. If they don't buy something right away, which oftentimes mm-hmm. a lot of people do because they want the discount code to purchase something right then, yeah. um, two weeks later, they'll get an email that's like a little bit about Rudy and here's a little message. Right. And then if they still don't buy anything, then three weeks later, they'll get uh, another message that's like, check out our bestseller. So it's like, that's an example of working smarter and not harder because yes. I can finish that and then I'd be like, you know, I just Done. have to every couple of months go back and check if the links still work because yep. sometimes they don't. <laughs> Yes. No, that's really smart. I tried to get back into email marketing like during November and then I fell off of it again. And now I'm like, I really need to get on that. But Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say it's been good for me in terms of maintaining the community or whatever, yeah. because I'm also learning about different types of content. Right. Like there's mm-hmm. the stuff. I mean, TikTok is is, in my opinion, primarily for gaining new eyes yes and then something like instagram and email is where you maintain the relationship with those people right um instagram is where like i'm dming with my like return customers Mm -hmm. and i feel like they're my friends and i literally ran into a customer at a bar no way over the weekend I have never had that happen before. That's so and cool. her and I hugged so hard. Like it oh. was just like the it was I don't know how to describe it. It was just like this wonderful like yeah. connection. It's the best thing ever. It really is. But TikTok is where you get a bunch of, you know, new eyes and new yeah. whatever. Um yeah. yeah, I recommend doing the email thing. Yeah, I really should get back on that. Um just spend like a day working yeah. on it and then set it and forget it. Yes, that is the <laughs> smart way to do it. I'm like, I can never just keep track of absolutely everything I need to do. It's yeah. way too much. Yeah. How do you structure your days and weeks of slash do you? Yes and no. <laughs> I feel like I structure I it like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just like on a week by week basis. I'm like, okay, what do I need to do yeah. this week? And then like try to fit it in. Yeah. But it's so hard because some days I wake up and I just don't want to sew. And I'm like, I don't want to force myself to it. So then maybe that day I'll just be like editing or like doing more like computery stuff. Right. And then some days I wake up and I'm like, I just would like to be sewing all day. So then I'll like switch to that. So I'm like, sometimes I just feel like I can't plan it too far in advance. No, for sure. Because I want to go off of what I'm feeling. So then I'll do my best work too. 
That's so I don't true. like to like force myself to it if I'm like not in the mood because I feel like I make more mistakes if I'm like not in the mood to sew and then I'm sewing and then I there's nothing worse than angry sewing and then your bobbin runs oh, yeah. out and you're like <laughs> literally no that's literally me <laughs> like, I cannot do that it is the worst you have to like imbue love into every stitch yeah and sometimes <laughs> I'm just not there <laughs> yeah so yeah it's a no yeah. from me something that I'm trying to do recently I I have not been able to do it that well just because mm-hmm. of all the craziness that's been happening recently but um. I am trying to split up my days into like brain days and body days. Oh, okay. So like literal manual labor yeah. is like organizing the studio, sewing, mm-hmm. packing orders, um, doing runs if I have to go pick up fabric or whatever. Yeah. And then there's like tedious brain days, which is like doing analytics or accounting mm-hmm. or whatever. And then there's like creative brain days. So that's either yeah. designing and drawing or I do lots of like collaging and collecting mm-hmm. inspiration that way or researching. So it's kind of nice to, what I found is it's kind of nice to wake up in the morning and be like, I don't have to turn my brain on at all today. Yes. Or like, okay, today's the day. I'm not gonna get tired. I'm just gonna sit in one spot all day, but I'm gonna like think beautiful thoughts. Yes. Right? Um, I hope to be able to stick to that. Yeah, that's a good way to like separate it Mm -hmm. because I also feel it's just like very different parts of your brain you have to use and it's hard to like switch between them in one day. Definitely. It's It's exhausting. Yeah. Especially like sewing itself. It's kind of like driving. You know, it's it's somewhat of a passive activity in that you can be Mm -hmm. doing other things. You can be listening to your true crime podcast or you can be doing, you know, listening to music or talking to someone. But um, you're you're focusing so hard with half of your brain that by, you know, to sew in a straight line for six hours straight. And yeah. then when you're done, especially cause like I just, I got a new sewing machine mm-hmm. and it only does one straight stitch. It like doesn't yeah. do all the fancies. So like I'm literally sewing in one straight line in one way or another yep. for hours and hours and hours. Yep. Um, and I'm exhausted by the end of it. Yeah, it's a lot. I feel like my eyes are like crossed by the end of it. I know. I'm like, like, am I even actually looking at anything? Especially if it's like a printed fabric, you're just like, I can't even see what I'm sewing. Yeah, dude, I use almost all I mean, yeah, you quite literally do. (laughs) I'm like, I use mostly solids, but like if it's the tiniest bit of like texture or print, I'm like, yeah, "Uh, what is going on here? Uh But yeah, that's that's a lot. Yeah, for you. I love it though. I mean, it's beautiful, but (laughs) mentally, I'm like, that is a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you still sewing everything yourself or what's? So um, I was sewing everything myself in the beginning. Yeah. And then I started outsourcing to a local factory mm-hmm. here. And um, I don't know if it's interesting, but we could talk about yeah, like, that whole thing. Yeah, I would love to. Thing. Um, and then I, I picked up my first round and then the factory burned down. Yeah. So. That's so tragic. That. What happened? Um, yep. Yeah. It's horrible. Every, every no one got hurt it's okay yeah it was on God. labor day yeah um which i think is because no one was working on labor day but i think mm. that that's why it got so bad because mm. there was no one there to be like hey that corner's on fire you know what i mean yeah and obviously it's sense. a big place full of fabric it's yeah. quite lots of flammable, flammable. um and then they ended up getting absorbed into another small factory like small ethical factory here in mm-hmm. la but their minimum order quantities moqs yeah in the biz um is just way higher than what I yeah. should be doing right now. So I'm figuring out what to do next. I've got my yeah. spring stuff all drawn out and designed, and I'm working on sew-by samples right mm-hmm. now. I don't know if I'm going to make them or if I'm going to have someone else make them because a big thing that people don't tell you is, like, 
to get started at a factory, which like even the word factory makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's it wasn't that. It was a big airy open right. warehouse space. It was like pin dropping silence and just a bunch of old ladies that loved working there and they were right. really sweet and yeah. Um anyway, so to to get in to get set up there, it it took a long time and it took a lot of money mm-hmm. and it took uh, a personal recommendation of a friend of a friend of a friend yeah that i had that i felt gross asking for yeah but you have to yeah um so and it took badgering a little bit it took getting somebody's number and calling a couple times and emailing and following up and Mm -hmm. being like and you know especially when you're a young woman they don't really take you seriously yeah i know especially if you're a young woman with big check they think oh that's just some rich kid they don't know that that's my entire life savings in one little check that i'm like very nervous about handing (laughs) over right um so yeah i i worked with the factory was called nana atelier in boyle heights um Mm -hmm. the designers behind the brand oh gosh i don't know how to pronounce it toit de volant that was beautiful (laughs) um they i think it's supposed to sound french Pavillon. um it was their factory and so gotcha. that's how they like supplemented their own manufacturing was to take mm. on clients um that's smart yeah so i i felt so bad for them they had all their yeah. inventory there for the whole season oh my god um and they had a lot of wholesale contracts and things like I that, bet, that yeah were not able to be fulfilled um but i picked up my inventory one week before and if wow i had been out of town i had to come the next week or something yeah. like that it would have been my literal entire life savings gone. I believe it. Wow. Yeah. That's so lucky with that. That is insane. I know. That felt like a little bit of like a universe's oh, definitely. assisting in that moment. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so the to answer your question, I am sewing some <laughs> right now. I, I do the occasional made to order a custom piece or whatever. Yeah. Like I had someone reach out to me that her, she married into a Scottish family mm-hmm. and uh, that her husband's parents gave her like a bunch of cloth of their clan tartan and she's like i don't know what to do with it and she was like can you turn it into like a dress for me and i was like that's so so heartwarmed like that's just like the best project ever so i do those little things gotcha every now and again but i don't want to sew my next collection yeah, that's I don't know if you ever sew for hire. Oh, just no. Uh, maybe <laughs> I also someone. do not want to be so. I haven't even started an next. Class. I, yeah. I'm just like I don't know what to do with myself right now. Right. That's yeah. where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll talk off air. We could talk. About yeah, all I know. Um, <sighs> but yeah, so I, I don't really know what's what's gonna happen. Um, I'm putting feelers out right now. Yeah. Um, but I have learned that with the internet, you just unabashedly asking for things putting things out there Mm -hmm. tiktok can can do crazy things it can can. find it's like you know how when people are like if your fiance's name is brett and he's in alabama on his honeymoon he's cheating on you they always find him. they find them every (laughs) Every time time. (laughs) people are commenting like you found us in (laughs) tallahassee you're getting closer (laughs) like it's so crazy yes um but that shit happens too because Mm -hmm. i think especially people that are like looking like i was looking for an intern and had Mm -hmm. like you know some fashion students and stuff reach out to me and like hey i saw your TikTok, and i'm like okay that's cool it not only shows me that you'd be interested in the job but like you're genuinely interested in what i do because it's coming up for you in terms of one of your interests right yeah yeah 
yeah tiktok is a crazy place mm-hmm. but yeah tiktok's literally the reason i have like work right now too because i was going through like such a low season like the holiday season was the lowest i've ever had yeah, in my entire life i think what that's the normal yeah because uh people aren't really shopping for clothes as much they're shopping for gifts which like i get because like same do you do accessories but, or anything like that? You know, I did a lot at the beginning when I started. I did like a lot of scrunchies and like those like tied headband type mm-hmm. deals. And they did really, really well, but I just got tired of making them. Yeah. But like they well, did maybe well. that's a situation where you yeah, you can I outsource. Um, because yeah, I think a lot of people don't, if they don't know someone's size or they don't know yeah. what specific, especially if you're doing made to order. Yeah. They're not gonna go with a tape measure while their friends asleep and like you know get their <laughs> arms are quite funny. And stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean it's just adapting that kind, of, you know. Yeah. That way. Exactly. But you know we're getting through it. <laughs> You'll be okay. Yeah. No, okay. I'm like doing a bunch of custom orders right now, so I'm like at least that's like balancing Great. it out. But yeah, I feel like it's always just like trying to reinvent myself into something else. Like something will do well for a hot minute and then it doesn't. And then it's like, okay, well, what am I going to do next? Right. And that's the constant struggle is yeah. like, is it bad business to be stagnant and right. just do what you want to do? Or is it is it the right thing to do? Because at least in terms of views and engagement, things like that, mm-hmm. I, I have noticed that like I'm not going to be for everybody all the time yeah so like me neither there will be times in the zeitgeist for whatever reason what i'm doing is interesting to people yeah and then i could keep doing the same thing and then people just aren't really interested that month because they're focused on something else yeah or because taylor swift dropped an album and they're all focused on that you know what i mean yes absolutely (laughs) um like yeah i I kept saying it was like the taylor swift effect like every time i tried to like post a video it would be like that was the day that something else happened yeah um and that's why i am doing taylor swift custom orders right now (laughs) yeah i took that and i was like that is my niche (laughs) yeah that's awesome um yeah yeah so part of me wants to say the best thing to do is to just know yourself and and stay true to what you're doing because if you're constantly trying to adapt you will be sort of like a jack of all trades but a master of none yeah but if you stick to what you really like doing in your specific not just content niche but style niche design niche Mm -hmm. whatever it is by the time the world is interested again you will be very good at it like you will be the go-to person right yeah, I feel like I struggle with that because my brand, like aesthetically, I change it so much mm, because I fair. just get bored yeah. personally. Yeah, as you should. Like sometimes I'm like really into the hyper feminine, pink, fun, flirty. And other times I'm like, absolutely not. Don't all black. perceive me. Yeah. yeah, I was like, do not look at me. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I would like to cover everything. And I can never like find an in-between. So I'm like, there's times where like I really hit the right audience with the feminine stuff. But then I like put out a fall collection it's all dark colors and i'm like that's not gonna be for them and then it's like right. find it yeah and people's attention spans are short so, so if short. they bought something from you in spring and then they see fall and they're excited to see it and then they're like oh actually maybe this isn't my style yeah are they gone forever i right? know that's what i always get so scared of i'm like should i switch it? like it's fun to switch it up because like you know you never know what you're gonna get and like maybe that's exciting but then it's like am i losing people or gaining people with that i don't really know right but yeah I'm doing it anyway because I still can't decide an aesthetic like for the life of me. I mean, you probably don't think it is 
a specific aesthetic, but it is specific to you. And right. you are a specific Venn diagram of a person that whatever yeah. is in the middle and that is interesting to you is inherently unique. Okay. So when I was first starting my branding, I was thinking like, I'm really interested in, my parents are punk rockers. So I'm interested mm -hmm. in that whole vibe, yeah. right? And so that cool. ethos. And then I'm also interested in like somewhat feminine clothing but i mm -hmm. and girly and flouncy but i don't want to be catering to the male gaze at all i don't want it to be yeah. sexy in any way so how do i find between those do you know what i mean yeah. like um i like bright colors but i like patterns and i like mixing them and and i like a socal casual vibe but i also like a scottish highlands vibe <laughs> yep. and how do i find the middle between those and I like a prairie. I like a Japanese aesthetic. Like I like all of these things. Yeah. And I felt like it made no sense and it was all over the place. But at the end of the day, those are all things that I'm interested in and I make sense. Right. Yes. So like it's kind of like how when my boyfriend and I moved in together, we had very different aesthetics mm -hmm. in terms of home. Right. But I'm very loud and bright stuff. Every piece of furniture is a statement piece. It's exhausting. <laughs> and he's very like Japanese minimalist yep. kind of stuff. Um, very like uh, Japandi, I learned, is Japanese and Scandinavian. Okay. Um, and so I was a little nervous when we moved in together. Yeah. But he said something so wise. He was like, you and I are compatible. So the things we like will be compatible. That's a great way to put it. And it completely was true. Like, you just have to trust that the the reason you can't stop thinking about this thing over here and also this thing over here mm -hmm. is not crazy and you shouldn't not do it. Like, yeah. just try. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah. A good mix. <laughs> <laughs> um, Coming back to your brand, can we talk about why you named it Rudy? Yeah. that I feel like that should have been my first question, but, no, that's okay. you know. Here I am now. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, so Rudy is a is a nickname for like a, a specific youth culture called Rude Boys and mm -hmm. Rude Girls. Um, it started in Jamaica in the 1950s. It was like a political movement, but also they were the start of like the dance hall culture there. And then it was picked up by young people in the UK in the 1980s. Um, so the musical intersection of punk rock music and ska music and they wore a lot of black and white checkerboard that's what vans mm -hmm. is referencing in their black mm -hmm. and white checkerboard shoes and that was meant to symbolize the coming together of black and white cultures under like thatcher era yeah. britain so they were called rudies mm -hmm. um it was a very specific style it was a kind of like they don't they're they're speaking out for what they believe in and they're politically left, but they're also known for having fun and mm -hmm. being raucous. Yeah. And so I just really liked that. Yeah. I thought of it and I didn't um, think too hard and I just <laughs> went for it. Um, and so, yeah, the fact that I, I am Ruby and it's Rudy, I thought was like cute and funny, but yeah. it's actually quite confusing. <laughs> But anyway, I don't know if there's a couple of famous songs, like the a song by the specials called A Message to You, Rudy, mm -hmm. the Clash song, Rudy Can't Fail. Those um, are just like songs I grew up listening to. And I, I'm, I'm just obsessed with the intersection of like political history and mm -hmm. personal style yeah. and how those things come together. And an example I always give is like, when did we start to think that 
tie-dye was synonymous with being anti-war when in the 1920s it was just a popular thing to like right get more use out of your clothes and then a more recent example is like when i see someone across the street with a red baseball cap i get <laughs> yeah. nervous no yeah. matter what the baseball cap says I know. right and like will it always be that way i don't yeah. know um and so i i don't want to most of the clothes that i pick the fabrics i pick the mm -hmm. sh you know some of the shapes and such have meaning behind them whether mm -hmm. it's just political history or sometimes there's like some macabre history yeah. as well but um I don't want to hit anyone over the head with it. I think mm -hmm. that ultimately the story is nice and the background is nice, but the product needs to speak for itself at the yeah. end of the day. It should be the kind of thing where like, like no one's going to buy for the story. Yeah. And if they do, they won't buy again. Right. Right. Um, but it, it's the kind of thing where like somebody wants the dress mm -hmm. and then you and tell then them you the and they're like, oh, that's a cool little cherry on top. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Because, yeah, I didn't know anything about that. And then I went to your website to, like, read up on it. I was like, wow, this is a lot more intricate than I, like, <laughs> thought. Like, it's so cool to, like, have that. Um, yeah, because I was not expecting that. Yeah, I love it. Really I cool. love the background of it. Um, but also, it's okay if anybody, like, doesn't care about that or right. doesn't know about that. Yeah, because the clothes are still cute. Yeah. So it still works. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I also, it was a big decision to not uh, make it like my name. Yeah. Um, Because like we said, I, I felt uncomfortable calling myself a fashion designer. Yeah. And so making it like, you know, my full name designs was, was a scary thing for yeah. me. Whereas like I could kind of hide behind the name right. of a brand, like, oh, I run a brand. And it also made it a little less pressure to do things seasonally collection wise mm -hmm. and instead i practiced doing like a little more of like a single product drop model yeah because if i'm running a company that's a little different from i am yes the company you know yeah what I mean? no i'm sure it's nice to have that separation because i don't sometimes and i'm like right. i am the brand but does that mean i'm always going to be doing everything myself so that it's still true to the brand like yeah I but there's pros that. to that as well right. whereas like you know you've got your fashion design career but then you also have a podcast right. and you have an internet presence and you know whatever other things you're working on and you don't have to aggressively rebrand every time yeah you are the brand and maybe your clothes are your merch you know yeah, pretty much. I thought about that the other day. I'm like, it pretty much is at this point. Anything that I put my logo on since it has my name, I'm like, technically this could be merch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and it's works. it's like, um, I just watched the Ralph Lauren documentary on HBO, mm -hmm. and it's quite outdated. They have like an interview with Woody Allen and stuff in it, but um, <laughs> it was really interesting to me to learn about the branding of lifestyle rather than the yeah. product itself. So, like for example they had this like iconic picture in an ad for Ralph Lauren that was just like a barn in the fog and that was it and it just said like Ralph Lauren clothes right and I'm like there's no clothes in that picture but you get it you, you get like it. get the aesthetic yeah. you're buying not just the clothes which speak for themselves hopefully right. but the you're buying into the lifestyle yes and so if you as a fashion specific creator or a lifestyle creator mm. or a sewing creator or whatever it is um, you are providing a look into a lifestyle that right. is yours. And right. if part of your lifestyle is wearing these kinds of clothes, then right. someone who is a fan of 
what you're putting out in the world can participate in that lifestyle by wearing those clothes as well. Exactly. Yeah, I, I came across that recently too. I've probably in like the past like few months of like just people being like, you know, you should brand it around like the lifestyle you want to sell, not necessarily just like the clothes or products that you have. And I was like, wow, that is life changing. Because then yeah. if you think about like all the, some of like the bigger brands, like you just know what kind of person would shop those brands. Totally. And like, that's, that's the niche. I'm like totally. that's such a cool perspective to put it in. Because then people relate that kind of lifestyle to you anytime yeah. they see it. It also opens the floor for whatever future products you want to have because like yeah let's say like i was thinking about doing like table linens That'd right cute. like could yeah. that be fun and then yeah. i'm like is that part of like the dinner party la girl lifestyle it, you i know can what I mean? definitely see it um, for you i okay i'm patting that no yeah idea. um <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i i, I it, it having a lifestyle brand at the end of the day that like maybe your core thing is fashion and that's the thing that you enjoy the most yeah but it doesn't niche you down to a point where you can't do other things if you would like to yeah who knows maybe you want to make candles that's got a scent that just is your vibe you yes know? honestly i have thought about it because it looks quite fun i yeah. have friends that do it i'm like i just want to play with it <laughs> like yeah. it just sounds fun i just want to like make something and then burn it down literally like, that existed in a moment and it was gorgeous and now it's gone yeah I'm like that's so satisfying yeah. I'm like that'd be fun right. maybe yeah. one day <laughs> Get into, I don't think I need to get any more hobbies at this point that no, take up space, either. but because I will spend two hundred dollars on all the equipment for it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and then it will be all over my apartment, mm -hmm. like my entire sewing studio is mm -hmm. pretty much my entire apartment at this point. Same. Same. So I don't think I need to do that. But if mm -hmm. I had the space, why not? I would think Gotta about it a little space. more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's rough out here in a small apartment, but yeah, make it work. Mm -hmm. Make it work. What's your like? day-to-day -day or like week-to-week -week kind of vibe how do you structure your things um it totally depends on what i'm working on at the time mm. so i mean honestly sometimes i'll go a couple weeks of just keeping my head down and sewing and then yeah. I'm, and then i'm i've got inventory and then i'm in sales mode i'm in pr mode and marketing mode and it's hard to leave that mode because I have to remind myself I am not a content creator. I am not an influencer. Yeah. Um, it's a fine line. Especially with all the stuff that happened this week as well. Yeah, you which went I viral. can talk about that. If yeah, you want. go for it. Um, so <laughs> I made like a vlog about my first day working from home while my partner went to go work in an mm. office. He got a new job. Um, also, I use boyfriend and partner interchangeably, and people got <laughs> upset about that. But he is literally my domestic partner. I paid thirty one dollars yeah. for that piece of paper, so I'm like, let me say it. But anyway, <laughs> um, he's my boyfriend. Um, so Nico went to go work from his office, and I was at home alone. Mm -hmm. And we've been home alone together for a couple years now. Right. And like, it was just I was feeling kind of sad, and I was really in my head, and I was thinking about domesticity and right. like codependency and what it's like to be a woman at home sewing like i know i run my own business whatever right. but i'm a woman at home sewing and i was like bye honey have a yeah, great day at work a literal housewife right <laughs> like it was like just i don't know and i i felt connected to my grandmother who that yeah. was one of my grandmothers that was her lifestyle and then i thought about my other grandmother who was literally had a McCarthy trial and like was such a political badass and mm -hmm. i was just sort of reckoning with feeling like being the right kind of feminist or yeah whatever 
I did not think it was that big of a deal. I also called myself a stay-at-home girlfriend, which I didn't know that that was a thing that was like a I didn't think that trend. would be controversial because I saw that video really early on, like right when you had posted it. Yeah. I thought it was really cool reflection. I was like, wow, like I didn't these think are it cool was thoughts. that big a deal. I was like, no one's watching my videos these days. So like, I'm just yeah. going to say whatever. The but I, I like didn't think it would be controversial. And then I saw you post about how it had gone to the wrong side of TikTok. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. I'm like, I saw yeah. this and this was so like, just a right. So at first I was getting lots of comments that were like, um, you know, I'm a woman who works from home and my husband or whatever goes to work. And even though I'm working or I have a business, I still have these feelings and I feel weird. And then I feel weird that I feel weird. And like, you know, I had people reaching out to me and being like, these are the boundaries that my husband and I have set that like, I don't do any housework when he's out of the house because like, it's my Mm -hmm. time to work as well, even though I would feel guilty if he came home and the house wasn't, it was still messy from when it was that morning. And like, I don't know, it's a complicated subject, but at the end of the day, there's no answer. And I wasn't trying Mm -hmm. to make a statement. I was just sort of saying I'm in this nebulous confusion. Yeah. Anyway, going to drink my Diet Coke and go back to work. Like, um, and so there was lots of positive compl- uh, compliments and comments and messages, really, really sweet messages. And then it like really quickly yeah. veered. And a friend told me that she saw it on Twitter. And I was really? like, I don't have Twitter. Yeah, I don't either. So <laughs> I was like, oh. And I clicked the link and I scrolled. And oh, I no. should not have done that. No. But I would have been found by it anyway. Yeah. So it was, it blew up on Twitter. Someone made a YouTube video about me as well some Dang. like incel youtuber yeah basically the their comments went everywhere from like a lot of it was like shut up you think too much right yeah, or well, like stop all. thinking <laughs> right and then some of it was like well you should have the house clean for your man like or then Dang. it went to this is why housewives used to be given anti-hysteria drugs this woman should <sighs> don't reproduce with this this woman should be lobotomized or sterilized that's crazy there were many messages sent to me mm-hmm. about how i should kill myself which i was like those always surface how to what? jump from zero to 100 literally and um messages memes made of me like things like that and they're so <laughs> they're so fucking threatened by me just being like i'm a woman that has literally. thoughts but whatever i understand that and then i was getting it somewhat from from the left as well of like you know you're talking about the heirs of capitalism but you're also running a business and so i'm like well that was the point that was the point of these sort of like half thoughts is like i don't know where i am yeah um yeah and thank god i received these messages when i am in like a good mental health space because it can go the other way real fast right and also my first week home alone i'm like alone reading these things i'm like literally dead bolting the door like you know, I had a good cry and yes, we all do. <laughs> I was like, felt scared. And then the more I thought about it, the more I just felt like, how sad are those people for doing that? Yeah. That's so fucking sad and frankly pathetic. And yeah. I also have had people reach out to me who were once comment trolls and mm-hmm. no longer are. And they were like, I can tell you that I only ever sent those things in like a blackout fugue state of self-hatred. Yeah. And luckily it's it's gone away somewhat because they move on very quickly. Yes, that's a good thing. Right. People were like, you should report them. I'm like, to who? It to Elon Musk? He doesn't yeah. care. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I wanted to 
make a statement. Not me like making up, yeah. <laughs> making an eventual statement. Yeah. I wanted, I didn't want to fuel the flames, but I also right. didn't want to say nothing. Yeah. I didn't want to feel silenced or whatever. So I tried to post a little bit of a statement of like, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. It's really fucked up and not okay and yeah. sad. But also, thanks for the engagement, guys. You sold a lot for my shop. True. Like, I wanted to kind of, like, say how serious it is, but also make fun of them a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then that video went even more viral than the first one did. So wow. then there were people being like, I didn't even see the first video. And like, I was <laughs> Let like, me go what back. have I done? <laughs> yeah. What have I done? And you know the feeling of going viral on TikTok is like, it's really exciting. Yeah, but also like so much anxiety around that. Yeah, it's taught me that it's happened to me a couple of times. I think you don't want to go viral. No, I've learned that I don't like. No, viral. you want a steady building of a strong yeah. community. Yeah, because when randos are popping in it's the worst. Yes, I had family members reaching out to me that they they were sent to. No way. Yeah. The girl who like replaced me at my old job reached mm -hmm. out to me like so many, so That's many so funny. people from all over. Um, yeah, people are like, you should write about this. You should write an article about this experience of being doxxed and whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I want them to have something else to share and to get no. mad at. But also, I don't know. It, it's like it's it's an interesting experience having them pulling up the history of my grandmother's McCarthy trial. Yeah. getting messages you filthy commie you know that kind of shit yeah they found my personal email address which is like to take the time Oof. yeah to type up like an email what? right and like how i can't filter those you know what i mean i know that's the worst and they get very creative they know how to like oh yeah get around the filters anyway fuck those guys yeah <laughs> literally it's so crazy it's just crazy because it's just not that deep yeah. You know, like, I don't know why people take things so seriously. I'm like, right. It's not that yeah. deep. Regardless of all that shit that happened, the amount of messages and like camaraderie I felt, especially with the women in my circle. Yeah. And a few men too who were like, listen, I have only daughters or like, I'm a stay at home dad. And yeah. I feel like that sometimes. Yeah. Or like, you know, my wife and I just had a really hard conversation about how I'm making enough money and she's going to stay home with the kids and she's having a hard time. And how do I, how can yeah. I support her? Um, that has been so meaningful and so worth yeah. all the crap. Exactly. Yeah. And at the end of the day, exposure is exposure. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm sure, you I know, guess. you've got a, probably a few <laughs> customers out of it too. So it can't yeah. be all bad. Yeah. But, right. But yeah, it is definitely rough. And that is the bad side of TikTok. It's great and Word. bad. Yeah. The internet is like a wild west. It really is. Successful. It's usually so fun yes. and like cute <laughs> time with the girlies and yep. like. Yeah, I, it's also taught me how much a positive comment can mean. Yeah, because I'm I'm not I I would never even comment like a snarky comment no, or like either. a sarcastic mm -mm. comment, let alone a hateful comment. Yeah. Um, but I also don't comment that much in general, and me I'm neither. trying to do it more <laughs> mm -hmm. because I know how much a positive comment is meaningful in terms of engagement and stuff like yes. that. But also, it feels good because. If you've taken the time to either say something vulnerable or work mm -hmm. on something artistic or even just like take the time it takes to edit or record yeah. a voiceover and then re-record it because it sounds bad and like yep. all that <laughs> stuff. Um, it's just nice to be like, love this. Yeah. And it's so simple, too. But I do that, too, where I like I just I, I never like things or comment on things. I just scroll and forget to. 
Yeah. But then when I'm going through like really low engagement periods, I'm like, why isn't anybody doing this? I'm like, am I doing it? Yeah. No. So then yeah. I start doing it. I'm like, okay, this is yeah. not that hard. Let's keep yeah. that rolling. The best thing of all of this was my 16 year old sister mm-hmm. fighting with all of those guys <laughs> in the comments. <laughs> she was like, she was going hard for it. That is so funny. Yeah. Somebody has to. There's she always was like, that friend. just leave, like, period after a lot of their comments. Yeah. No, I've had friends go viral too, and I'm just in it like, hey. Yeah nope yeah 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 it's so fun. somebody's got to do it because it's like you don't want to do it for yourself but i'm like she's such a badass somebody yeah. steps in every time yeah <laughs> i love that well i guess we can start wrapping up okay um thank you so much for coming on oh I'm, my gosh thanks for having yeah. me no, I'm like so happy that you're in LA and I could film with you in person. Yeah. Like trying to find people like in here that I can have and it's so fun. So yeah. love that. Yeah, let's anytime you want to talk more. Yeah. I'm around. I don't live I away. will hit you up. We can commiserate and celebrate. Exactly. And... <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be a good time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout yourself out. Where can people find you? Sure. Um, my Instagram is at shop Rudy, S-H-O-P-R-U-D-I-E. And then my TikTok is Rudy.cant.fail. I love that. And my website is shoprudy.com. Perfect. I will have all those links down below. Yay. For you guys to check out. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure talking to you. And hopefully this won't be the last time. Probably not. Definitely not. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you guys for watching and listening if you're on YouTube or audio, whatever. Um, And I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.